Something to celebrate and to appreciate Laughter and stories to share Wondering what gifts you'll get Check that the table's set So many things to prepare And when the work is done Welcoming everyone Family and friends gather near Something to celebrate And you guys here Welcome back to the Advent Calendar House A salute to all holiday specials But mostly the Christmas ones Extra emphasis on mostly tonight <laughs> because we're talking about a special from 1995 called Lamb Chops Special Hanukkah. Very special. Very special. I am floating disembodied head who can't stop correcting his own word usage, Mike Westfall. And joining me today to help sort out all of this nonsense is my very good pal, Sarah Shea. Welcome back, Sarah. Thank you for having me. I'm delighted to be back at this tiny house and inside of an advent calendar where you insist on recording your podcasts. Yeah, well, it's nice and cozy. (laughs) Now, this is a special you actually loaned to me a number of years ago just to prove to me it was a real thing that happened. I don't remember doing that, but I believe you. (laughs) (laughs) It's like your dad had a copy. It is very... Oh, yeah. Yeah, he did. Did I? What, did I mail it to you? I think you did, or he did, or something. Mail it to me so I could watch it, and then I sent it back. Shame you didn't uh, rip it then, because then you might have had a copy of it to watch this time, and you wouldn't have had to watch that crappy YouTube version that we both watched. The only... We could not find this anywhere unless you buy some old Mm -mm. VHS or DVD copy of it, which I wasn't going to do, but someone uh, was... Kind enough? enough? Yeah, kind enough to, uh, I don't know if savvy is the right word, kind enough to uh, upload it on YouTube, but it was a dude holding his camera up to a computer screen or a TV while he was playing this movie, so it's- Yeah, and he's he's standing there. He didn't even think, oh, you know what, I should prop up the phone- the camera or whatever he was using on something. He's sitting there holding it. So it's moving slightly. Every time it goes to black, you can see his face. (laughs) It's really weird. And this is already a weird show. So that just added a little extra weirdness. feel like I'm connecting with you right now, stranger on the internet. (laughs) You first showed me this in 2006. It first aired December 17th, 1995, which was the first night of Hanukkah that year. Is that when you first saw it? Oh. Or? That's, I had no idea it actually aired on the first night of Hanukkah. That's awesome. No, it was well-timed. It just happened to be on a Sunday night that year. I looked it up. Oh, perfect. So. I uh, do not remember the first time I watched this. I was actually trying to remember when was the first time I saw Sherry Lewis, and I don't remember that either, because... Like, Lamb Chop's Play Along is what I think most people of our generation would remember mainly. Yes. And that started in 92. But by the time that was on the air, I was already totally aware of Sherry Lewis. I guess she must have had direct-to-video specials or something. Because I looked it up and all of her other TV shows, because she had several other TV specials before that – uh, or or shows that ran for a couple years, but they were all in like the sixties and seventies. Yeah, she had a big gap. I'm in the same boat as you. As when uh, Lamb Chop's Play Along started, which my sister watched because she's younger than I am. But mm-hmm. yeah, my brother, same thing. I had already known all of these characters. I'm like, how do I know all of you? Yeah, I looked up. I was like, she must have had another show before that when we were little, but I couldn't find anything online. It just said her last show before that was like in seventy eight. 
which was a little bit before I was born. So it's like, I, I don't think I saw that. I don't think it was in syndication. Maybe. Perhaps. It must have been direct-to-video. It could have been that, too. Or just PBS uh, pulling out some stuff from the vault. Oh, yeah, could have been yeah. PBS. Well, we got- yeah, it's weird that I, I I was fully aware. Sherry Lewis was like... And I remember that the show I used to watch was called Sherry Lewis and Lamb Chop. And I was annoyed when Lamb Chop's play-along came around and was like, Lamb Chop was in the name, but Sherry Lewis wasn't. Oh. I was like, what the hell? She, Lamb Chop's just a puppet. <laughs> well, the, uh, Come on. So this special premiered around the tail end of Lamb Chop's play-alongs run. And I mm-hmm. think the only way to start getting into how bizarre this special is is to just dive in. Yeah, I, I, really, there's nothing else you can do. You just gotta take a breath yeah. and go and for it. Go. But we open with Sherry. She's dancing through an outdoor market as she sings about how she loves this special time of year on what looks like a beautiful, sunny, not december at all day. Yeah, I was wondering where she's supposed to live, if there was a canon in Lamb Chop's play-along of, like, what city they lived in. Possibly, like, Los Angeles or somewhere that was warm in December. That's what I'm guessing. Um, I couldn't figure mm-hmm. out where she lived, but, I mean, she when she died three years after this, it was in Los Angeles. So I'm guessing she lives around there. <gasps> oh, I didn't realize she died so soon I after know, that. Yeah. I'm sorry. Well, right. I just got really emotional when you mm-hmm. mentioned that. I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. no. IMDb says this was filmed in Vancouver, but never mind. Um. <laughs> oh, I believe that. It's like, obviously, it's Canadian. It's, it's got that feel. <laughs> well, it's here in this market where we meet our first. Well, no, we meet all three. There are three special guests on this special. Which yeah, weird guests. When you first sent to me, I don't remember if you kept them secret for me to find out and be completely shocked when I watched this. <laughs> but for those listening, make a quick list in your head of celebrities from the 80s and 90s who would be most likely to have Hanukkah dinner with a talking sock. And if you <laughs> haven't read the description of this episode already, I can almost guarantee the three people on the top of your list are not in this special. But No. No, the the guests are dated even for 95. I don't feel like yeah. kids then would have known who any of them were. No. But let's not tease it any further. Let's go ahead and say who they no, are. No, let's not. They <laughs> might on the they might know this first one. It's Pat Morita. Mhm. And I just remember shouting, "What? What are you doing yeah. here? Yeah, why Pat Morita?" Now, it, yeah, you're right. Kids might have known Pat Morita, but like Karate Kid, the first one came out in, like, 84. Most of the kids watching this video in 95 weren't even born then. They might have no, seen the subsequent I, ones, but it's still it's still a weird choice. Yeah, I think this is before the next Karate Kid. And wrong! So, yeah, weird choice. <laughs> Pat Morita here is himself wearing this sort of primary blue-colored jacket I've only ever seen people wear in children's television. <laughs> That's, no one wears this yeah. color blue unless they're about to teach kids something, but... Yeah, like how to say potato pancake in Japanese. <laughs> Emo panko. But like be really sarcastic about it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he's just right out of the gate with the dad jokes. Yeah, he immediately, yeah, he, she, she's got a bunch of grocery bags and he's mm. like, can I give you a hand? And then claps. It's like, oh, come on, Pat. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, but Sherry explains she's getting stuff to cook for Hanukkah, to which she replies, do I know her? And it's just <laughs> rapid fire. 
<sighs> and here's where she invites Pat to dinner, promising a show by Lamb Chop and the rest of her yarn animal babies. And we get our first introduction of Latkes, and this will be the running theme. If I remember last year when we talked about Rugrats, they the Latkes really got downplayed in that special compared to this. Yeah, Latkes are definitely, there's they get a whole song in this special. They do. And let's be, we didn't mention this, but it should be noted, this is not an a, an episode of Lamb Chop's Play Along that was about Hanukkah. It's not like a single TV episode. This was a special that was like, what is it, an hour and 45 minutes or something like that? I think it's just about an hour. So oh, add, God, it felt oh, longer. <laughs> yeah, it did feel longer. And we'll get to some of those parts that definitely make this feel longer, but yeah. it clocks in a little under an hour. I don't know if they threw commercials in before or during or after. It's probably aired on PBS, so it's probably tail end. Mm-hmm. Um, but also excited about Latkes, despite claiming to know very little about Hanukkah, is our second special guest, Alan Thick. Yes. Alan Thick, the Growing Pains dad. Yeah, and this was about three years after Growing Pains ended. I know. So again, to your point, no kid's gonna know Alan Thick. I know. I remember. I looked that up, and I I did know because I remember watching Growing Pains. But again, I was yeah. a little old for this show when it came right. out. The show might have been in reruns, but it was still. He wasn't like a current TV star. <laughs> no, but here's the kicker that I just found out looking things up for this episode. This is not Alan Thick's first special with Lamb Chop. Oh. His first appearance was the year before they, they were they did a Halloween special that I had no idea existed until now called Lamb Chop and the Haunted Studio. I have never heard of or seen that. No. Might but I have to watch that one next year. Yeah, wow, that sounds like um it's probably something. <laughs> I'll say that for it. Well, we first see Alan Thick trying to wipe his snot off some flowers he sneezed on. Yeah, weird, weird and then joke. He takes a whiff of Sherry's groceries. It's like he's just discovered his nose. Yeah. And as I'm watching this, I'm thinking, this is a very odd version of Alan Thick that he's portraying. But then, not too long ago, I remember seeing him on an episode of Family Feud, and it appears this is just how Alan Thick is all the time. Just a little thick. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Oh, sorry. I don't know why this came to mind. Didn't he have a talk show at for, at some point or tried to have a talk show like on Canadian TV that was called like some adverb thick. It was like surprisingly thick or unusually thick. Oh, no. Something weird like oh, that. Wow. That was just like a what's the pun he- about here, Alan? What do you anyway? Weird. Um, then again, I might have made that up. I don't know if that's real or if that's something he did for How I Met Your Mother. But oh, was he on I, that? That might have been go either way. <laughs> So Sherry invites Alan to Hanukkah dinner as well, and he tries fairly hard to get out of it this entire special. Oh, yeah. He does not want to go. It's like a weird... But they they don't really play it like that's the joke, that he doesn't want to go. It's just he seems weirdly reluctant. Yeah. At first he says, but I'm not Jewish. But Sherry explains, well, you go to birthday parties when it's not your birthday, right? Which was, I love that line. Yeah. Yeah. And she says it with some sass, too. She's like... You got a birthday party, not your birthday, don't you, Alan? Don't try to get out of my dinner party. (laughs) My socks are going to put on a show. (laughs) You are going to watch it. Yeah, but then Sherry gives him her address, which is number six, Fifth Street and Fourth Avenue. That is the fakest address I have ever heard. I know. It's like 
it was, I think the joke was supposed to be that that's confusing because it got four, five, and six. And that's why he ends up being very late to the party because he was confused. I guess oh. the joke is that Alan Thick is, is surprisingly thick. <laughs> He's just dumb. I guess that's the running joke of this episode. Alan Thick's kind of dumb. I think you just made this entire thing make more sense to me now. You're welcome. It's because I'm, I'm Jewish. Thinking. I get the humor, you know? <laughs> See, that's why I bring you on. I'm thinking, <sighs> well, that's the address you give a dude at the bar you never want to see again. Yeah, but, no, that's not real. No. But then after all this, Alan turns to the camera and says, I, I hope she makes latkes. 40 seconds ago, you thought it was a birthday party. Yeah. Also, he pronounces latkes correctly. He says it like a normal human being. I hope she makes latkes. Where every time Sherry says a Hebrew word in a special, she overpronounces it so hard. Oh, we're having a Hanukkah party, and I'm going to make potato latkes. Like, she just, like, uses her whole <laughs> mouth, and you're like, whoa, calm down, girl. People, kids understand words. They're not going to, you're going to repeat latkes enough times. Kids are going to understand how to say it by the end. You don't need to go that far. Right. <laughs> also, point of order. She describes to Pat Marita, she says, latkes is the Jewish word for pancakes, and I make potato latkes. That is, all of that is untrue. Oh. Latkes is a Yiddish word specifically for potato pancakes. Like, latkes, you don't say latkes when you're making breakfast pancakes and potato latkes are the, no, latkes are potato pancakes. That's just, that's what the food is called. That's we, what I thought you have yeah. told me before. And then yeah. I was Weird. watching this again. I'm like, wait, which one's right? I don't remember now. Okay. Oh, I feel better now. I don't know why both this. I'm just comparing this to the Rugrats one because we talked about it last year. And I haven't watched any other kids shows about Hanukkah since I was a kid. But both of them made a big deal about j a joking or comparing latkes to regular pancakes or something. And it's like, look, they're, they're just called that. But you don't have to... It's not, they're not the same. They're not even remotely similar to, to, to no, like breakfast pancakes. You don't. Flat. Yeah, we use the word, but like you don't have to go out of your way to like, oh, kids know what pancakes are. We'll use that as like an intro point. <laughs> Just describe the food to them. They'll figure it out. Anyway. All right. It was a little point of order. Thank you. No, that's very helpful. Yeah. Uh, thank you. Well, and wow. our final guest is one I didn't recognize immediately, but it's the actually Jewish Lloyd Bachner. Yeah. Who's best known from Dynasty as Cecil Colby, who famously mm -hmm. had a heart attack during sex with Joan Collins' character and then died in the hospital seconds after marrying her. Right. Every kid remembers that episode. <laughs> right? Every eight-year-old in 1995 was like, oh my god, Lloyd Bachner, the guy from Dynasty. What a perfect <laughs> choice for this show. I mean, at least he's Jewish, but they never say it in the episode. Isn't that weird? No, they. I, he implies it that he's like, I, I know what a dreidel is when she's uh, yeah. finished explaining uh, Hanukkah to two non-Jews. And then we get to Lloyd Bachler and then she says, oh, of course, you know, sorry. But that's it. He never outright says, I'm yeah. also Jewish. Yeah. Remember? She, he says, I know what a dreidel is. And she's like, oh, sorry. And it's like, yeah, non-Jews know what dreidels are. Lots of them do. It, that doesn't oh, yeah. imply that he's Jewish. Actually, when we were watching it, I went, wait, was that? I've had a vague memory that this guy was Jewish, but I had to look it up online. The only other hint in the entire episode is later when they're at the party, Pat Morita asks him a question and he says, oh, that's something we do too. He says, we. That's uh -huh. the only other hint that he's Jewish in the whole episode. It's weird that he doesn't explicitly say it. 
Also, he'd already, he doesn't already have plans. Also, she didn't already invite him. She's inviting all these people to a dinner party that's happening tonight just because she ran into them that morning. It's weird. <laughs> also, he says that thing about dreidels that they're like plastic dreidels with chocolate candy inside, which is a thing that exists. Not all dreidels are like that, but it's the thing. And he's like, yeah, and whoever wins the game opens up the dreidel and eats the chocolate. And I'm like, buddy, if you try to spin the dreidel while it has candy in it, it's going to really fuck up the balance. You're not actually going to be able to play correctly. <laughs> you play for candy. You use candy as your like pieces in the game. Some people play for money. My family used hazelnuts because we had a tree in our backyard. Apparently, my parents were like, even candy is too much like gambling. Got to use something that has no value. There we go. Just some nuts. <laughs> we got to get rid of these nuts. Guys. Yeah. So many of them. Well, I may have recognized Lloyd Bachner's voice at the time because uh, I now realize he's better known to me as the voice of Hamilton Hill, the mayor of Gotham City in Batman the Animated Series. Yeah. I did look that up because I was wondering if he'd been in anything kids would recognize. And yeah, kids would totally have seen that, but I don't know if they would connect his voice. No. Well, I certainly didn't. Neither did I. And I watched a lot of Batman the Animated Series, so. Oh, yeah. Uh, I don't know a lot about Lloyd Bachner other than that, but this whole guest list feels like producers just threw darts at a list of actors from the 1980s. Uh, and that's the only scenario I can think of as to how Lloyd Bachner and Pat Morita ended up in the same place at the same time. My thought was that she genuinely knew them. Like, she's actually legit friends with those three people. And so she's okay. like, I don't know. Who can I get to do this uh, special? Who can I convince? Who has free time? And I can convince there them to know. do this on a budget or whatever. Uh, that's the only thing I could think of that they were just like, she was like, I don't know. I, I like working with Pat. He's a great dude. Um, Alan Thick is apparently she, maybe she really liked working with him or something. And then she's like, Oh God, I have at least one Jewish person. Who do I know? And they were shooting in Vancouver and maybe Lloyd Bachner lived there. Cause he's Canadian. And she was like, Oh yeah, he's there around. You know. I don't know. It, it is a very <laughs> weird list. That's nobody's top three choices for a kid's special in 1995 about Hanukkah. Right. I mean, not even Lloyd Bachner. We have, after this special was made, we have several lists in song form of here are all the celebrities who are Jewish. Not accurate, which I've found later. <laughs> but mm, yeah, and, and they get Lloyd Bachner, who doesn't even make the songs. But no, nope. he's not in the songs because nobody knows who the fuck he is. Sorry, Lloyd Bachner. <laughs> <laughs> also, it's right around here. Watching it this time, I realized, oh, no, all four of these main players are no longer with us. Oh, my God. That Oh, man, you just really brought it down. Yeah. <laughs> That's so sad. Did you know, I, I found out recently that Cher Lewis's daughter never played Lamb Chop when her mother was alive. Started doing Lamb Chop. She does live shows occasionally still with her and Lamb Chop. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, apparently she'll do like a kid's show. And then afterwards, yeah. I found a, a listing for one she did just last year that she did like a kid's oh, show. Wow. And then there was one called Lamb Chop After Dark, what? which is a little weird. But she claimed that most of the jokes in it were things her mom used when she was on like, you know, when she used to do uh, her ventriloquism bit on like m more adult programs. And it was just like a funny like bit. Shows. Yeah. Late night shows. So the most of them were jokes from then. So she's like, it's like, it doesn't go too blue or anything. And it's mostly jokes my mom wrote. So I'm not doing, but it still seems weird to imagine. <laughs> but 
but I'd go see it. I guess. I mean, the Muppets go there every once in a while, depending yeah. on the scenario. Oh, yeah. I mean, so. there's a long and storied tradition of kids' shows having little winky jokes for the grown-ups, which I think this one does, but they're really bad. We'll get into them when we come to them, I guess. Yep. <laughs> so so these three are invited to dinner, and then we finally see Lamb Chop herself pop out of one of the grocery bags, already eating some snacks. Yep. But then a minute later, we see her at home playing dreidel with Hush Puppy before Sherry gets back. <gasps> oh my gosh. I didn't even notice that plot hole. Did Sherry find a wormhole in the flea market? I think there's a wormhole in her grocery bag, and it's the hole she puts her hand up to, to do lamb chop. <laughs> you know, that's one of the things I really appreciated about the spe- special. There's not a lot to appreciate, but it's clear that she is doing the puppets in almost every mm-hmm. scene. There's a couple of moments where they do a fun bit where she's dancing and then Lamb Chop's dancing on the other side of the room or something like that. And someone's obviously yeah. otherwise doing it. But it's not like they said, oh, well, this is TV. So she, somebody else can do Lamb Chop the whole time. They understood that was part of the the energy, you know? And she's not, they didn't like put the voices in in post. Oh, no. She is amazingly good. No. Her ventriloquism is amazing, but you can definitely tell that she is doing it, you know? She's mm-hmm. not, she didn't do the voices later, which I appreciate. Yeah, so well, I'm glad they didn't go too all out crazy with, with that thing. They definitely added some uh, questionable effects, but at least it wasn't that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Continuity issues aside, it's Charlie Horse who presents us with our main conflict as he has opened his Hanukkah present from Sherry early. Ugh. Uh, Faux pas. Well, it doesn't look like it was in a good hiding place. Well, we don't know. He's just sitting at the computer with it already. Yeah, it's already open. He could have dug it out of some real, you know, really crazy spot in the attic or something like that. We just didn't get that scene. Yeah, good point. Give Sherry a break. Come on. (laughs) (laughs) She's trying to raise three very strange little animals. Why is Charlie Horse a horse? It's so confusing. He's a very small horse. Like a lamb and a dog can be hand puppet sized, but a horse, why did she ever choose? She just loved, loved the pun. She's like, I gotta, I gotta do this pun yeah, name. Pretty much. Just like. Well, here, Charlie Horse's gift is a computer game that lets him create his own superhero. Mm-hmm. Computer game. We'll get to how that game. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to how that game defies the laws of everything <laughs> I know about how computers work. But Sherry comes home and just briefly scolds Charlie Horse. But then does nothing to stop him from playing his new game that he just opened. Yeah, yeah. Well, hey, it was 1995, you know. Computer games were very, very important. Yes. It was the coolest thing a kid could possibly get for Hanukkah. Did you notice he never, they didn't come up with a fake name? He just keeps calling it his superhero computer game? I think I saw in the box or something that it was called something like Comic Creator 3. So, but this he, is a sequel to two other comic creator games. But it's weird that he doesn't say the name. You just think they would make up no. a name and that it makes more sense for a little kid who Charlie Horse is ostensibly supposed to be to be like, oh man, I have wanted Comic Creator 3 and it's finally here. And so he's like, I have wanted this superhero creation computer game. Yeah. It's a little bit I'm like. Playing my, my computer program. Yeah, yeah. Oh, there's so much hilarious 95-ness about, you know, <laughs> Sherry mentions the, the computer store man. You know, the computer store where you buy computer <laughs> go- games and computer yes. things. Be right back, kids. I got to go to the computer store. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then right around here, speaking of 
saying things in an odd way. We get a brief back and forth on the spelling and pronunciation of Hanukkah. Yeah, which is weird. I know you're on team no see, but and, yeah. and Lamb Chop is on your team here explaining that her name isn't Lamb Hop. Which I like. Hanukkah. Mm-hmm. No, not Hanukkah. Hanukkah. No, not Hanukkah. Hanukkah. No, how do you spell it? C H H H H A N U K A H. Ha ah, ah. No, the word Hanukkah is spelled with a. Ah. That's an H. No way. See it? Okay. Okay. Even if it's C H, it's not. Ah. It's. Ch. No. Am I lamb? No, but that's, that's honestly, it's weird, okay? Because they spend this, like, again, an inordinate amount of time on a little bit about the pronunciation, and they don't mention, they don't turn it into something educational, where they go, oh, well, the reason that Hanukkah is pronounced with a ch, and lamb chop is not lamb chop, is that lamb chop is English, and Hanukkah is Hebrew, and different words pronounce things differently. Different languages are different. You'd think that would have been like a nice educational moment, which this show is heavy on educational moments. But with that one, they're like, nope, just jokes. Yeah, no, you're both right, and that's it. Yeah. End of story. Let's go make some frickin' latkes. Yes! And honestly, compared to Rugrats again, lamb chop fails Mm. in the joking about the explanation of Hanukkah department because the you have to huh when you say it is a classic joke. You have to huh when you say it. Oh yeah, no, that wins hands down. However, they absolutely win in the understanding what goes in Latka's department. Yes. Now we have Sherry getting a chance to teach us how to actually make latkes and lamb chop the opportunity to make a whole bunch of jokes about that one time Sherry apparently burnt them. Yeah. She's sassy for a... She's supposed to be six years old. I saw that on the internet. Like, apparently that is canonically the the age. She is a very sassy six-year-old. Well, now that I have a very sassy six-year-old, it's about right. (laughs) Okay, fair enough. You would know. Oh, yeah. You have three children. I have zero. So you definitely... (laughs) I You win. I will concede to your experience with (laughs) six-year-olds. I like that they're going through the ingredients. It's like, yeah. oh, we need oil so they won't squeak. Yeah, that joke was actually cute. <laughs> and onions, which make Lamb Chop cry, but not cute little single eyedrop tear. It's like Lamb Chop broke a membrane in her face and it squirts this constant stream yeah. of water <laughs> right onto his hair for a solid five seconds. It's horrifying. It's It's kind of funny because all I could think of watching that was they wanted this joke they wanted this gag so badly. They had to like build a separate lamb chop puppet with little tubes, uh, you know, for water yeah. coming out of her eyes. They had to set up a whole special shot where Sherry's staying there and the lamb chop and somebody's down there like squeezing a, you know, a bag of water or something like that. So the water squirts out and they would have had to set up a whole separate shot. And then when they were done, they would have to, you know, okay, now put the regular lamb chop puppet back up. And it's like a lot of commitment for a pretty dumb bit. <laughs> But that's kids' yeah. shows, really. I wonder how many takes that one took. Eh, they probably went with the first take. <laughs> I feel like this was on a budget. I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, Hush Puppy's begging Charlie Horse to let him in on the big secret as to why he needs to make his superhero right now mm-hmm. so urgently. Yeah, he Charlie cannot wait. Horse, yeah. He explains uh, the creators of this superhero computer program who shall not be named, uh, are holding a design-your-own-hero contest with a grand prize 
of $100 and a deadline of 6 o'clock that evening. Mm-hmm. Because they uh, don't know that Hanukkah is that night. That's obviously yeah, the people well, running that company and that contest are not Jewish. Otherwise, they would have been like, oh, we should wait till after Hanukkah is over because some kids will get this game for Hanukkah. Nope, they don't care. Oh, we'll find out that they're clearly not Jewish later. But <laughs> disregarding that and the fact that this is not how contests work. No. I had my concerns about him reaching that deadline because this is 1995. And anyone who's been on the internet in 1995 knows how long it took just to get on the internet in yeah. 1995. Yeah, yeah. His computer is apparently just connected to the internet all the time, despite the fact that they are receiving phone calls. It's, you know, this magic world of the show, they already had Wi-Fi, apparently. <laughs> Or DSL. That's the office line. They have that second line. Mm, mm Mm-hmm. There you go. Uh, But before Hush Puppy can ask Charlie Horse what he's going to do with the money, the phone rings right then. Uh, And it's Alan, who's wearing a whole different suit. Which I just realized on this watch. Uh, But Hush Puppy very politely offers to take a message for Sherry and asks who's speaking. And he says, tell her Alan Thick." And then Hush Puppy Uh. offers his condolences and hangs up the phone. Oh, I'm sorry. I will let her know. I <laughs> I really appreciated Hush Puppy's voice. He's got this weird sort of southern accent thing going on, and it's just adorable. Yes. Charlie Horse is just annoying, but Hush Puppy is really cute. <laughs> yeah. I really <laughs> enjoyed the accent. Too. Yeah. Uh, but speaking of accents, this is when Hush Puppy tells Sherry that some fellow with a lisp called to tell her that Alan isn't feeling well, and there's the joke, mm-hmm. Alan Thick. <laughs> you know, when I first watched this, I reacted to that with a groan, but yeah. now I'm in full dad mode, so it was incredible. Yeah. Oh, they were so sold on that joke. Yeah, they make it twice. <laughs> yes. Uh, next, we check on Charlie Horse coding his superhero, and he's just banging random characters on the screen. Mm-hmm. That's supposed to look like code, but yeah, it's hard to type with hooves. But yeah, I mean, he, he despite ve- being the size of a chihuahua, he is ostensibly a horse and has hooves. So he's typing; he's just banging them on the keyboard. It's like the prototype. How do you type with boxing gloves on? <laughs> Then he puts the finishing touches on his superhero by just shouting the names of keyboard keys I've heard before. Control F1, Alt F6, Shift F9. And enter, and out of the giant off-white 95 office computer monitor and into the physical world somehow flies Super Ninja. Mm Mm-hmm. Who could possibly play Super Ninja? Oh, it's Pat Morita in a karate gi and a cape looking nothing like a ninja. Nope. But, you know, he's got a cape, because super. Sure. Uh, I don't know how any of this happened, or what kind of graphics card is in that giant monitor. I love that they don't try to explain. There's no even hand-wavy explanation about um, uh, a Hanukkah miracle or some kind of magic that happens. It just does. Uh, yeah. And it's not like childhood imagination, because some shows will do that where ch- kids see all kinds of crazy stuff that the adults don't. Right. Rugrats was all about that. But Sherry sees him, too. Yeah. She sees oh, all he's... of them. It's like, what? Mm-hmm. It's... She even asks, how did this happen? And Charlie Horse is like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. There's... She's wondering. So it's she's not just upset and like, oh, yeah, that's how computers work in this universe. No. Yeah. It's very strange. It's... The whole subplot is... Very random. Yeah. 
Well, Charlie Horse asks Super Ninja what he does, and he just starts destroying all the furniture with mm-hmm. karate kicks. Yep, just karate oh. chops the railing and, uh, like, kicks a pillow in the air or whatever. At one point, he shouts at a wall decoration, and it falls off the wall. That was the only bit I liked. He just goes, oh, also, when he first appears, he goes, hi, like he's going to do a hi-ya, and he goes, hi, hi. and then looks at Charlie Horse. Like he's saying hello. I don't know. <laughs> like that was actually yes. kind of funny. And yeah, he's shouting at a wall hanging yes. and it just falls off. Yeah. Was like, okay, that's actually kind of funny. My standards for funny are pretty low here. Charlie Horse has created with computer code a physical karate man who can yell at you to death. Mm-hmm. Which is, you know, I mean, he just got that game. He learned it pretty quickly. That's that's he impressive. Did. And and he tries to steal a whole plate of lacus from Lamb Chop. Mm-hmm. Um, who is somehow exerting some sort of like, you know, pull against the plate, despite the fact that she is just hanging. This is the bit, right? They must have had strings or something. She's holding onto the plate and just hanging off of it, but somehow she's pulling back against him. She's got some muscle behind those. She's she's magical. She's just obviously a magical suck <laughs> lamb. Well, Charlie finally manages to hit delete on the keyboard and sends Super Ninja swirling back into the monitor mm-hmm. with a final sayonara. Uh, but now the house is left a mess, which Hush Puppy cleans up all by himself while Charlie Horse gets back to trying to make the perfect superhero. Mm-hmm. And we come to our first absolutely inscrutable pop culture reference that yes. is not targeted at children at all. No. <laughs> Charlie Horse says the problem with Super Ninja was he was all muscle and no brains. And Hush Puppy, who's even younger than him, yeah, says, "Oh right, that's Hush Puppy." Yeah, it's not even Cherry Lewis. Oh my goodness, that's like having Arnold Schwarzenegger without Maria Shriver. Look, little children do not know who Maria Shriver is. I barely know who she is. Yeah, the only reason I knew who Maria Shriver was was because. Before she married Arnold, she was a news anchor in Philly. Oh, yeah. I absolutely did not know who she was until she married Arnold Schwarzenegger. And I was only kind of peripherally aware as a kid that Arnold Schwarzenegger married a lady named Maria Shriver. That's I just had picked that up from TV or something. But I didn't know that she was, yeah, a journalist. I didn't know she was, like, especially smart. And looking, I looked it up because I was like, who is she again? And honestly, like, yeah, that probably did seem like a very weird combination when they got together. But little kids didn't know that. What are you doing? This one was absolutely for the parents. But it's not even a good joke. It it is not like a sly winking joke for the parents. It's just a real weird pop culture call out for the parents. That's the joke. Yeah, and it was one, and Hush Puppy kept going with things. Um, and that, that is other examples, but yeah, they made a lot like more sense. Peanut butter without jelly, Charlie Brown yeah. without Snoopy. It's, it's just, they're random other pairs of things. But you think he would have started with those and then ended with Arnold Schwarzenegger without Maria Shriver. And then it would have been like a punchline for the adults who wouldn't be expecting that reference. And for the kids, yeah. they probably would have laughed because they're like, well, what are those words? Those are nonsense. So it could have actually worked out. It's like, excuse me, I need to travel back in time to 1994 when they probably wrote this and tell them how to write that joke. The rule of threes doesn't work backward, folks. It does not. Well, back in the kitchen, Shari now shows us her really fancy-looking menorah. I don't mm-hmm. Well, I don't know. I haven't seen it. Is it fancy? How fancy is this in reality? Uh, I'd say that's a moderately fancy menorah. It's not okay. like a standard style, but I have no. seen weirder ones for sure. 
Have you? I have seen more like esoteric ones that are like shaped like things or ones that are like weirdly like minimalist. Like you don't even know it's a menorah from looking at it. So this one's kind of like mid mid range fancy. Okay, yeah, this looks like kind of a twisty old tree with its and its branches intertwined with each other. Yeah, I thought it was actually kind of cool looking, and honestly, it has to have it has to have been Sherry Lewis's own menorah from home because I feel like if they were just going to get a prop menorah, they would have gotten one of those really standard basic ones because they would oh. want they would want kids to see it and immediately connect that's a menorah. But instead, they went with this kind of artistic one, so I feel like it has to have been Sherry Lewis's own from home, which is kind of cool. Then, of course, Sherry and Lamb Shop explain. Very briefly, the story of the miracle of the oil, mm-hmm. the serious people. and Right? That's an, almost a Rugrats grade babyism right there. That was good. Yeah. For the Syrians. Captured, the serious people captured the Jewish temple and really ruined it. It really did. It was rude. That's one, <laughs> that's one way to put it. Yeah. Uh, but this is helpful for the kids. I'm sure this was targeted... Mostly the Jewish kids, but as a Gentile, I'm very happy to get this quick recap. Yeah. Well, I think they were hoping that, yeah, it was it's mostly for, for Jewish kids, but they do a lot of the educating about what Hanukkah means. So they were probably hoping to educate some of the uh, Lamb Chops play-along crowd that were not the Gentile crowd. Sure. Oh, right off the heels of the Rugrats grade babyism, the serious people, we get another weird parallel to the Rugrats Hanukkah special, which is oh. Alan Thick calls and says he's stuck in traffic. And then it turns out it's not actually traffic. He's just an idiot who stopped in the middle of the road and he gets a ticket oh, from a cop. right. Which... Because in Rugrats you had Stu stuck in the Christmas parade. Yeah, he thought it was traffic, but it was actually a parade and he's late to the party because of that. So why is oh, getting wow. stuck in traffic that's not actually traffic a 90s Hanukkah special thing? It's like, I'm sure it's a coincidence, but I was like, that's a little weird. No, I was too focused on Alan's 1995 cell phone. Yeah. I mean, honestly, it was probably a car phone. It's probably wired in, right? 95? That's what I thought originally, but I couldn't see a cord. So I'm not sure. Could be. Yeah. It's bigger than the clueless cell phones, but it's <laughs> not quite Zach Morris big. Yeah, somewhere in between. <laughs> yeah, if the giant computer monitor, did, monitor didn't date this special, Alan's phone certainly does. Oh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, the cop who stops him... Is not credited. And yeah, I, looked, I have no idea who he is. He's got the helmet yeah. and sunglasses on. Yeah, he's got a helmet, sunglasses, mustache. So he just looks like a cop, right? He looks like a like central casting cop, right? But you'd think, <laughs> given the rest of this episode, you would expect him to be another celebrity cameo, another one of Sherry Lewis's friends or something, right? That would have been an hey, opportunity yeah. for a cameo. It probably was, but it was just but the it, one we knew. But he would have taken off his glasses or sunglasses or something so you'd see his face. You don't see his face. He's not credited in the credits of the actual special. And I even checked on IMDb. And it's not like, you Nothing. know, somebody, he or someone related to him went and added him and went uncredited the cop or something, which mm-hmm. people do a lot. He's not there either. It's just this mystery cop. And he's got lines. So there's no reason not to credit him. Sure. Mystery cop. I don't know. Mystery cop. Well, Alan tries to give mystery cop the old "Do you know who I am?" trick. Sticks out <laughs> his hand and says, "Alan Thick." The cop hands him the ticket and says, "Well, I hope he feels better." But then, as he drives away, he looks at the camera and goes, "Ugh, actors." So he did. He did recognize <laughs> him. Told you that joke would be back. 
I love that of course this. Of the cops this, doesn't know who Alan Thick right. is. Growing Pains ended three years earlier. Right. And, well, here's the weird thing, though. This show kind of takes the piss out of Alan Thick. Like, it kind it of. Does. Yeah, the cop is like, gives him a hard time. And like, he they show him like making a big deal, like he's cool or whatever. It's like, it. I don't know. They kind of make him look like a dope. Like a dope. <laughs> Poor Alan yeah, Thick. Yeah, but I, I think he's self aware enough that he's cool with. Yeah. Going along with this. Like I said, when he was on Family Feud, this is how he acted. He's doing fast money and he's just, uh, Well, you know, I'm uh, Alan yeah. Thick. <laughs> One of his answers, I forget the I forget the prompt, but it was just like, smoking weed. What? I don't, yeah, uh, I don't, I, it's Family Feud. I can't, I can't imagine, I can't imagine Alan Thick saying the phrase smoking weed. I refuse. Name something parents try not to do in front of the kids. Smoke weed. Name a... So- uh, next, we get Charlie Horse's second attempt at the ultimate superhero, mm-hmm. and it's Super Brain. Right, because he was all bronze and no brain the first time. So obviously the way to, sol- to solve that problem is to go to other way with it. The complete opposite end of the spectrum, mm-hmm. and this is Lloyd Bachner's floating head in a bowler hat. Yeah, they needed to create the embodiment of intellect, pure intellect. And their choice was an old white British man who's a fucking grammar Nazgul. <laughs> like, that's okay. Okay. Sure. Bleak. Yeah, and he goes on this linguistic rant about questions like, how do you do? Which he asked, and how they make no sense. But yes. he's mostly How do you do what? How do you do? Well, I need not answer. Hobby was a ridiculous question, making no sense at all. I mean, how do you know what? It's absolutely ridiculous. He's mostly upset that Charlie Horse made him nearly literally all brains and no lower body, and now he fears of getting slam dunk. Yeah, it's such a weird rant. Like, with the Super Ninja, it's like, okay, he made him all bronze and no brains, so he just runs rampant and attacks the room, right? Okay, fine. Mm-hmm. Then you have Super Brain. You think, okay, what kind of problem could the Super Brain get into? They don't even go to that. He just immediately turns on Charlie Horse. You are my creator? Why didn't you give me arms and legs? My only aerobic workout is blinking or whatever, you know. <laughs> he just gets, he gets kind of esoteric and like existential right off the bat. Yeah. He's even correcting his own mistakes. Yeah. And then the only thing he does, uh, Charlie Horse Sends him back in the computer because he's like annoying and not because he's a problem. <laughs> not because he's like right. ruining the house or something. Yeah. Well, his fear of getting slam dunked like a basketball uh, <laughs> makes Charlie Horde decide, well, now he needs to try and make the bravest hero he can think of. Mm-hmm. Instead of going, oh, oh, oops, I did all brawn and then all brain. I need to do a combo. Nope. He goes, what, if, what about another quality? Yes. And the bravest hero Charlie Horse can think of is Weapons yeah, w- w- weird. Man. Weird. And Weapons Man is Alan Thick and Superman underoos, swimming goggles, Nerf arrows, and super soakers. Yeah, and huge fake muscles. Like, comical superhero outfit. Yes. But yeah, he's and, doing uh, the Schwarzenegger accent, which would have been like a reference I think a lot of kids would have gotten. They just would have gone, oh yeah, that's how like, big action heroes talk. But then he makes several specific Schwarzenegger references throughout the bit. Why was the show so into Schwarzenegger references? Right? I was going to say, oh, he sounds yeah. like Maria Schreiber's <laughs> husband. Oh, he sounds like the future uh, governor of California. Hmm, weird. I'm, I'm, I'm a <laughs> yeah. prescient seven-year-old. Well, 
But Weapons Man is so daring he at first is more interested in hitting hey. Sherry. <laughs> Which is creepy. Oh, yeah. But but Charlie doesn't have any time for that, so he makes Weapons Man blow up the living room with his lasers. It's chaos for about 10 seconds. And then the only thing that seems to be destroyed after the dust clears yeah, is his own outfit. very confusing. Outfit. His own outfit explodes. I, I don't know how... And, I don't know how any technology works. Yeah, and also, house. it's not like then you see him in a tattered version of his uniform that he was in previously. He's in, for some reason, yeah, no, really baggy house. red, like, union suit. It's like, uh, why? He was wearing this <laughs> baggy red underwear underneath that, like, latex outfit. Why did he, his own muscles are gone. He blew up his own muscles. Oh, that's true, too. Yeah, oh, I didn't even notice that. And then he's he's a scaredy cat and he's afraid because he doesn't have his weapons. So he's not a good... Mm-hmm. None of this makes sense. Superheroes materialize out of computers. Lamb Chop travels through a wormhole <laughs> in a paper bag. Dogs and sheep living together. Masses... <laughs> you win! <laughs> that was... I, I am awarding you on your own podcast the award for best joke of the podcast. <laughs> Ta-da. There's still time. <laughs> I'll, I, I got I got time. I got time. Honestly, uh, Charlie Horse's next joke is not even remotely as good as the one you just made. He refers to him as Darth Vader with low self-esteem, right? We all remember Darth Vader's whole thing was having a lot yeah. of weapons. Right. Just a and ton of them. for that matter. Yeah. But. Oh, yeah. And tons of self-esteem. Oh, yeah. Well, Very confident. Yeah. Well, now out of ammo, Weapons Man is nothing but a coward, so Charlie terminates him. That's the joke. Ah, uh, yeah, he says, I think I've been terminated. And he <laughs> and, and they say hasta la vista right before that. Uh, it's, oh, there's yeah. at least three references to Schwarzenegger movies in that bit, I'm pretty sure, in addition to the accent. I wonder if he's ever seen this. I, well, <laughs> I don't want to picture that. This <laughs> no. seems weird. At this point, Charlie Horse is running very short on time, so he's racking his brain trying to figure out what he's doing wrong. Yeah, and what do you do when you're short on time? You sing an agonizingly slow song about your problems. Especially when you're a puppet. Yeah. What am I gonna do? What am I gonna do? It's getting late and pretty soon the contest will be through. Here his three unsuccessful ideas appear in ghostly images of themselves. They each make one last pitch to Charlie Horse that they are the best kind of hero. But now that Charlie knows all their weaknesses, none of them will do. Yeah, it's weird too, because like, it makes sense for maybe Super Ninja... And maybe even a weapons man, because in the Im- image, he's got his weapons back to, like, pitch why they're great. But right. Super Brain was, like, from the get-go, having, a, like, an existential crisis about being a floating head. So it's weird for him to suddenly be like, no, I changed my mind. I'm the best hero. Let me sing about why. <laughs> they just didn't know what they were doing with the show. Also, during this song, Charlie does some, like, aerobics on the back of the couch. It's like they oh, wanted yeah. to show off that the the this they had a version of the puppet with like incredibly like nineties brightly colored hammer pants, <laughs> and they really wanted to show that off. So they had him like lying on the back of the couch, like kicking his leg in the air for no reason. Well, at this point, Alan calls again now and lies that he's in transit. He's just standing in some enclosed sunroom somewhere. Oh, I thought he was in a, a, a at a payphone. Was that a payphone? It looked like a sunroom, or as we call it down here, a Florida room. <laughs> I, oh, I didn't know that. A little uh, Florida yes. fact for you. 
I thought it was a payphone, and I, I'm not going to go back and check and see which of us was right. But I did think it was weird. Like, why did he get out of the car that had a car phone to call her on a payphone to tell her? He's like, I'm five blocks away. He says, She says, well, we're on 4th and 5th. And he goes, well, I'm at 8th and 9th. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah, it is a payphone. It's the reflection of the mirror. Oh, the window behind him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's- it looked like he was in some house. That would be even weirder. Yeah, I see the payphone now. Yeah. Getting out of your car, which has a car phone that you just called someone on, to call them on a payphone is weird. But getting out of your car and going into a, ha- a sunroom to call them is a little weirder. Yeah, that's why I was so like, what are you doing here? <laughs> he got so lost, he drove oh, all the way to Florida. <laughs> yeah. To go to someone's Florida just room. He get another ticket. Yeah. I don't know. You should have just told her you were sick, Alan Thick. Yeah. We opened with you sneezing into some flowers. She would have bought it. Yeah, that's a good point. He probably was sick. He sneezed yeah. in the... Oh, I'm just like realizing there's this running gag about him being sick. He's trying to get out of it. And she she walks up to him when he's sneezing on flowers. So why didn't... Why wasn't he just sick? Sure Mystery. Mysteries. Wow. <laughs> so many mysteries in this show. <laughs> it's inscrutable. Well, Pat is the first guest to arrive. And he just lets himself in while Sherry and her socks get ready to Ooh. perform their actual Hanukkah pageant. And how about that jacket? Oh, yeah. Very 90s. That's a, oh, like, huge shoulder pads. Yeah, the blazer that, like, goes to, like, just a little past your hips, and that's where the first button is. So the, the like, lapels are, like, kind of swooping down to that first button, like, at your belt buckle. I don't know. I don't know a lot about men's oh. fashion, but that is a, that jacket was something. Maybe they got three jackets all in the same size <laughs> for the three guests. No, it looked, It. I feel like it looked like it fit him for that style. Like, it was a 90s thing that they had oh, that weirdly, yeah. like, low, yeah. I don't know. It, it looked- Now that you mention it, I had <sighs> to wear suits and ties to high school, and yep. Oh, really? And I was a short dude, so they all looked like that on me, too. But, but maybe that, maybe you were extra fashionable, because that was a thing in the 90s. It's, yeah. It, it seems weird one, to me that- Oh, wow, teal. Extra 90s. Wait, did you go to like private school, or was this a thing you were going through? No, this was a Catholic high school. Okay. I didn't know. It was. It could have been a phase, you know? We all go through weird things in high school. We're like, I'm going to be that guy who wears ties to school. No, I was not that kid. No. But your school <laughs> uniform was a teal jacket? No, it wasn't a uniform. It was just uh, the, the boys could wear any jacket and pants they wanted to and any tie they wanted to. Just Oh, I've never it. heard of that. I mean, I never went yeah, to a, uh, a private school, but I thought it was always, if you had a uniform, it was a specific uniform that everybody looked the same. It's all Harry Potter style. After, Not with robes, though. After I graduated, they all had to wear identical jackets, but for some reason, they were pretty lax on that. Hmm. The, the girls had to wear your typical Catholic school uniform, but the guys had a little more freedom for some reason. Yeah. I don't know. Bullshit. Yeah, well. <laughs> <laughs> Then Lloyd arrives, and mm-hmm. Sherry's there in full costume, which is just an old man's beard. So Lloyd kind of plays it, not recognizing her at first. I know. That, I thought that was almost cute, because they don't play it like he actually doesn't recognize her. They play it like he's making a joke. She answers the door, and he goes, oh, excuse me, sir, is your daughter home? And she's like, what? Oh, Lloyd. And he <laughs> chuckles. It's like, that was almost cute. It was cuter than if right. they pretended he genuinely didn't recognize her just because she had a fake beard on, you know? Which they could have done. <laughs> they could have gone there. 
They could have. It's a kid's show, so it was hard to tell at first, and then it was just like, oh, all right. Yeah. You're being silly. Yeah, Lloyd. That guy. <laughs> Sherry's wearing a beard because she is playing the part of Mattathias, the father of Judah Maccabee, mm-hmm. who's played by Hush Puppy in a suit of armor. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if that's the right no, period I, armor. I did not Google what armor would have looked like at that time period, but I don't believe his outfit was historically accurate. No. It, it at least wasn't, it wasn't like a cliche suit of like plate armor. He he did no, have just like, helmet. he had a helmet, helmet that didn't like, yeah, a little conical helmet that sat on his head. Mm-hmm. He didn't have the one that went over his face. He didn't have a lance or anything, you know, they didn't go that no. far. Mm-mm. Isn't it weird that she planned this whole play with her children, ostensibly, right? Yeah. With costumes and everything, and she's made this whole dinner. She didn't invite a single person to this party until she randomly ran into a couple of friends the morning of, and she acts like she's like, oh, hey, why don't you come to dinner, actually? It's not like she went, oh, hey, you should come to dinner. I just realized I forgot to invite anyone, so why don't you come? She, it, Who was supposed to watch this play before she invited these three guys? Nobody. Maybe she realized at the last minute and was like, oh, I don't have any guests coming. I'm going to go to the market and invite the first three people who talk to me. Yeah, she says at some point, it's going to be a dinner with my family. And it's like, your three sock puppet children, (laughs) that's your only family. There could be a very dark version of this universe where there's this old woman who has these like three (laughs) puppets that she calls her children and like no one else (laughs) in her life. I'm kind of surprised. Like they're doing like... um. They're doing some Netflix show with Jim Carrey where he plays like oh yeah a a, a children's show host and I've got the impression it's going to be a little dark. They could go that way with a kind of a parody of Sherry Lewis. I think gritty reboot of Lamb Chops play along, <laughs> starring Jim Carrey. Oh no! Uh, but anyways, we have Lamb Chop as Judah's wife and Charlie Horse as the evil King Antiochus whom Lamb Chop calls Uncle Akas because she doesn't understand gender swaps yet. Honestly, I was so upset by this. I don't remember being bothered by this last time I watched this, which I have seen this at least once as an adult. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't completely fresh from my childhood. But this show is run by a woman. And she still made the only other female character play a made-up wife character. Judah Maccabee's wife is not, like, a character in the Hanukkah story. She doesn't do anything. Oh, she's not? No. Oh, wow! I'm sure it's, like, uh, some rabbi or (laughs) biblical scholar could tell me, no, Judah Maccabee had a wife, her name was this. But, like, when you tell the story to little kids, the wife does not fit factor in. She doesn't do anything, like, load-bearing in the story when you're telling it to children. Oh, wow. They just make her Mrs. Maccabee. Huh. Which is not is not his last name, you guys. Maccabee was it's like a like a title. It's like oh, that's right. Yeah, it's like the Judah and the Maccabees. Are like it's not a title, but they're, they they are the Maccabees. Maccabees not his last name is my point. So she's Mrs. Maccabee. Who's like you notice they didn't give her a name? It's because nobody freaking knows what Judah Maccabee's uh, name wife's name was because she's not an important part of the story. That made me really angry. I'm like, what the heck, Sherry? What are you doing? Yeah. What are you doing? She's got a beard on. Put one on Lamb Chop. Yeah. Lamb Chop wanted to be a girl, I guess. Why couldn't Lamb Chop be Mattatias? Yeah, good point. Sherry didn't really do anything as Mattatias. She's being more like the narrator of the story while the kids are acting it out. 
She can narrate as herself. I'm really bothered by this, you guys. Oh, man. Anyway. Over. Anyway. All right. But, I mean, otherwise, this musical's lovely. Oh, you think so? <laughs> For three sock puppet children? Sure. I am known as Auntie Young, yes, I am king. People of Judea must obey me. Oh, my, no one is about to question anything. Death will come to those who would betray me. I mean, they sing a song. Honestly, I found myself thinking at some point during the episode... Gosh, these songs are forgettable. And then I felt guilty. I was like, oh, well, come on. They're for kids. Don't be judging it so harshly. And then I realized I did forget them, though. Oh, yeah. I don't know how many times I watched this as a kid. Maybe only once or twice. Maybe I didn't watch it very many times. But the only thing I remembered about this special when I finally came back to it as an adult was that the guests were really random. Mm -hmm. That I remembered it being Pat Morita and Alan Thicke. I mean, like, why? Why those guys? <laughs> and I remembered the Alan Thick. Oh, we'll tell him I hope he feels better. I remember that joke. Only two things. None of the songs rang a bell. I didn't go, oh, I remember the hook of this one. Hook is a strong word for any of these songs. But yeah, they're quite forgettable. Not not a lot of good work into the songs here. I think I just like the whole paper moving paper backdrop they rigged up. It appears to be on a spool because it scrolls from one scene to the next. Oh, yeah. I kind of want one. Yeah, that's a... That's high production value for uh, 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 three children or three sock yeah. puppets in a play. Either one. But, you know. Okay. Uh, and I'm being too harsh. That, <laughs> yeah. And I'm kind of bummed that the, that the play didn't end with Charlie Horse singing, this is the oil that doesn't end. Oh, my God. That would have been because this was after Lamb Chow's play along. And that song is like. If people remember one thing about that show, it's the song that doesn't it's end. It's that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That would have been an it's obvious right reference. There, <laughs> it was right there. Low-hanging fruit, you guys. Mm-hmm. No, instead, Hush Puppy, as Judah launches evil King Charlie Horse into the stratosphere and onto the couch of Pat and Lloyd. Mm-hmm. And I love that Pat is on the edge of his seat this whole time. He is here for this play. Oh, yeah. He's definitely, he's, he's paying attention. He's asking questions. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Which is yeah, and that's the moment where he asks Lloyd something, and Lloyd goes, oh, well, that's what we do to blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, finally, he admitted he's Jewish. <laughs> really subtly, but he admitted it. He admitted it. <laughs> it's okay, Lloyd. You're allowed to tell us. And then now it's time for the Hanukkah blessing and candle lighting. Blessed art thou, Lord, our God, King of the universe, who has sanctified us with thy command. Do you normally sing this part? I'm so glad that you asked that, Mike. (laughs) Oh. Because the prayers are sung, and they have perfectly good melodies already, Sherry. You didn't have to make up weird, forgettable melodies to go with them. And, you know, you sing them in Hebrew, not in English, which they do, which I thought was weird. It'd be one thing if they sang it in, like, one of them in Hebrew, and then she says, do you know what that means? And then Charlie Horse says, oh, it means this. Because you want the kids, you know, to understand what it means. But they sing them all just straight up in English, no Hebrew, and they make up melodies that are not the melodies that they are normally sung with. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was I'm here a weird choice. Time that you guys have this awesome singing prayer about 
Lord our God, King of the Universe. And, and we do. Like, we got to step up our prayer game. I and mean, we do. It's just we sing it in Hebrew and it's a different yeah. melody. Right. The, I did look up. I mean, the I knew that obviously I knew the translation of the basic prayer, but I realized uh, uh, I didn't know the translation of the specific. So there's three prayers. They and I'm impressed they did all three. They did the general lighting the candles prayer. They did the mm. specific Hanukkah prayer, and then they did the Shechachianu, which is a prayer you do for really notable occasions or a lot of times like the first time the first night you have sh- uh, Shabbat in a new house you might sing the Shechechianu oh. the first night of Hanukkah you sing it a lot of other times that they're firsts of something or notable occasions uh, you sing that prayer so they also did the Shechechianu which I thought was kind of a nice touch but again in English and I checked the translations and they were you know they were pretty accurate they didn't go off the rails to make them more child friendly or something like that okay yeah but yeah, Lord our God, you know, King of the Universe. Although I grew up saying Ruler of the Universe slightly more PC. <laughs> yeah, we got to get back on this King of the Universe train. We don't have anything like that. <laughs> we got to get back on this King of the Universe train. That sounds like a video game. Right? The train, the King of the Universe <laughs> is is like running the train. I don't know why my brain went video game. Maybe that's more. It's more like a like a like a Studio Ghibli movie. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I want to see that now. The sequel to Howl's Moving oh. Castle is the Howl's Moving... Yes. I guess yeah. Howl's Moving Train would not be that good because trains normally move. All right, dial it back, Sarah. <laughs> Rain it in. King needs a castle. And this one's on a train. <laughs> well, now they're about to sit down and eat when Pat speaks up about how much he liked the story of having to fight off two entire nations. And he's very impressed with Judah's strength and bravery and intelligence. And a light bulb moment for Charlie Horse. Yeah. Who rushes back to the computer with like a minute left in this superhero contest, submits his code, and immediately wins. Yeah, yeah. What kind of internet do they have? First of all, yeah, incredibly lightning fast internet. Second of all, how was the contest? I mean, at that point, you start to go, oh, the contest was entirely random. It was just like randomly assigned to one person who submitted their, you know, because they can't like judge all the superheroes in like a split second, right? So you're like, right. oh, he thought he really came up with the best superhero and it was entirely random. Because otherwise, there's yeah, there's no way for them to judge that. It just immediately the computer starts going, winner, winner. <laughs> winner, 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 superhero contest winner. Charlie House. Contest winner, Charlie, Charlie House. House. And he's like, oops. And he puts one button. He pushes one button and it goes, correction, Charlie Horse. This is how computers work. Yes. The next part's my favorite. He prints out what looks like a certificate with the lace border around it. Oh, like yeah. he used to make in print shop. Yeah, it just pops out. It's like there's not even a printer noise. He just picks it up. It's like, here it is. Uh, award $100 to Charlie yeah. Horse. It's like it's, a check. It's apparently a negotiable check. Yeah, it's legal tender. I want this game. It's not even a check because it's not like he can go to a, a bank. It's after six. Oh, good point. <laughs> he immediately leaves the house and goes and buys things with it. He managed to print legal tender from this computer game. It's too much. Hmm. Must have stopped at one of the... Yeah, because at this point, Cherry has had enough of Charlie Horse and does nothing to stop him from leaving the house. Yeah. So they all just eat without him. Yeah, and there's an adorable montage of them all eating dinner. Although I have concerns. Why is there a turkey? Sherry Lewis, are you too good for brisket? Whoa. Oh, the turkey's not a thing? 
I mean, I'm sure some people eat turkey. There's not traditional dishes that go with Hanukkah that are like, there's not a traditional meat dish, I guess, right? So you could have turkey, but it's definitely not traditional to have turkey. My family always had brisket. This know. is a sizable turkey, too. Yeah. It's like, it made me feel like they're trying to make this feel like Christmas. Like, see, it's just like Christmas dinner. Oh. Which, I don't know if that's what they were going for, but it was weird to have a turkey to me. That was, because all the other dishes are sort of generic dishes. They didn't go out of their way to make anything look explicitly like a Hanukkah dish. Or any sort of Jewish food. Yeah, no, aside from the lakas, it was very Thanksgiving looking. Yeah. One of the dishes, they do, it's like a really quick montage where they're all like handing dishes back and forth and not eating. Yeah. They're just ha- passing dishes around constantly. It's like Benny Hill fast forward yes. on the whole thing. There's a <laughs> fire engine sound at one point. What? Oh, I missed that. Oh, yeah. It sounds like a siren. Uh, we have to watch this whole thing. Even as it's sped up, it seems super long. Yes, again, it's yeah, it's sped up for comic value, but then it still runs too long. But like one of the right. dishes they pass around looks like it's just a plate of sliced tomatoes, which is unusual. It's a weird thing to have at dinner. Any kind of dinner, I think. Any, yeah. <laughs> Unless you're going to put them on hamburgers. That's true. We see Hush Puppy make good on his promise to eat an entire plate of latkes, and that takes a good 30 seconds. Yeah. Important to show that, for sure. Mm-hmm. And then the doorbell rings. Is it Alan? No, it's Charlie Horse back with a shopping cart full of presents for everyone. Yeah, that have all been wrapped. So not only was he able to get to a store, even though he is a child, and purchase gifts with his printed certificate, he also has time to get them all gift wrapped, put in a shopping cart, and then he pushes the shopping cart all the way home? Somebody take him home. He just shows up. It's like they didn't think this plot through and they were like, look, just let's get it. Let's get it done. We got to get to the end of this. We're running out of time. We wasted way too much time time with all those Alan Thicke jokes. Yeah. (laughs) And that's a big pile of gifts for $100 even back then. Yeah. That actually seems like it was some some very uh, thrifty spending there, which makes me think he actually stole them all now that I think about it. Oh. Uh oh, that's where I got the whole shopping cart full of pre-wrapped gifts. Although they're all Hanukkah gifts, they're all in Hanukkah either wrapping. That, so either that, or he made a stop at Kinko's first and made a few dozen copies of that check. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you can print it off your computer, might as well, right? Make a couple more. Yeah, I mean, if you can spend that, yeah, why not? But it's a tender, you know, ending. That's yeah. all the whole reason. Because the whole time he's talking about how much he needs to get this hundred dollars. And he won't tell anyone why. And you think, oh, he's just being greedy. He doesn't want to be a part of Hanukkah because all he wants is his $100. But then he wants it to buy gifts. So that's nice. Yeah. It's sweet. It's another miracle. <laughs> I think it's Hush Puppy says. Oh, yeah. Because he's, yeah, Charlie Hurst's whole personality on the show is he's a bit, you know, sassy and kind of, uh, yeah. he doesn't, he's, he's not nice to the his siblings, quote unquote. Uh, But it's like, oh, he's very tender and he wanted to buy them gifts. It's adorable. And his heart grew three sizes. And then, of course, they they have to show who the the superhero was that won the contest. Which they weirdly didn't show before he left. Uh -uh. Uh-uh. But it's a giant six-foot-tall hush puppy in his Judah Maccabee armor. Yeah. 
They, oh my goodness. He also jumps out because they have to do the jumping out of the computer again. Honestly, he oh, could have just, this, yeah, he could have just delivered. Keep going. He could have just delivered the line. Well, who was your superhero? And he's, oh, well, it was Judah Maccabee because I realized he's smart and strong and brave. Nope. They have a giant hush puppy suit. They had to make a giant hush puppy suit yeah. and the Judah Maccabee costume to go in it. And then a guy just it stands there. In the suit. Yeah, he doesn't do anything. He He's just like say the, the other ones, are, you know, are mobile. This one yeah. just stands there and breathes heavily. He doesn't even say anything. He doesn't even deliver a line in Hush Puppy's voice as Judah Maccabee or something like that about. No, but the real Hush Puppy. And this is worth all of this mm-hmm. because he has my favorite reaction. That's your superhero. Uh huh. But that's dumb looking. Yep. I think he says like three things. He goes like, but that's stupid. That's pointless. That's ridiculous. That's me. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Classic, classic hush puppy, you guys. He's always a little slow on the uptake. That's his character. And I love him. I just don't know why they spent so much money on this costume for him to just stand there and not say anything. It's, It's really creepy. He just stands there staring. Maybe they had the costume and just decided, put a helmet on and then we'll use it for something. Yeah, I guess they might have already had a giant hush puppy costume, but they they had to make the Judah Maccabee costume for the the hush puppy suit to wear. Yeah. It just seems like a really weird thing to spend money on for him to just stand there and not even say anything anyway. Right. Now that we've had our, our, you know, climax and our moral of the story, there's nothing left to do in this Hanukkah special. No, when we finally end with a song about the eight days of Hanukkah. Yeah. Which is in a similar vein to the 12 days of Christmas. And man, y'all almost made it through an entire special without mentioning Christmas. I know. It makes me so angry. Like, you didn't have to invoke Christmas. Christmas didn't have to be a part of this. Right until the end here. I counted 52 minutes. They could have made it. And they didn't even say, at no point did someone say, oh, is it like Christmas? And she could say, well, sort of, you know, it's around it's around the winter and we get gifts or something. They could have pointed out the elephant in the room, you know, but instead they wait till the very end. And then right. she just starts the song with, you've all heard of the 12 days of Christmas. You know what? Don't. I know you all know the 12 days of Christmas. The partridge, the pear tree, defied and then they sing like counting adding songs where you mm-hmm. you say one thing and the next time you say two things the next time you say three things that is a time-honored tradition of folk music that's true it's not it wasn't invented by the 12 days of christmas they could have no. done an adding song about hanukkah without invoking christmas instead they not only started it by saying you all know about the 12 days of christmas and they even mentioned the five golden rings yes eat chocolate gelt yeah in the song when they get to the fifth day they do eat chocolate gelt and sing it in the tune of that so they've like now we're three christmas references into this bit on the eighth and last night of hanukkah what do we do just like every other night we gather with a family give each other presents get to dance the whole night eat chocolate gelt and then when they get to the end, the cre- yeah, the, uh, during the song, the credits start to roll, and I'm like, wait, what about Alan Thick? <laughs> I had already, honestly, forgotten he existed at that point. Yeah, well, I was fine with him never showing up, <laughs> but he does. And then the- Oh, 
with that freeze frame. A freeze frame of everyone. Exasperated. With their hands on their cheeks, Home Alone style, going, oi, they, <laughs> even Pat Morita. But it's like, yeah. Alan Thicke, you ruin everything. You That's burst. What you get when you give Alan Thicke a fake address. And here's the thing. Here's the worst part. If you imagine it, I know it's a kid's move show, but like, if you imagine it like this, this guy is running extremely late. He missed the play. He missed dinner. He missed the entire party, despite the fact that five minutes before the party started, he was only five blocks away, right? So he is a rude guest at this point, right? Oh, so yeah. let's imagine he's walking up to the house, ready to make his apologies, right? And he hears mm-hmm. inside that they're singing. Now, they are not singing. The song is not to the tune of 12 no. Days of Christmas, except no. for the five, uh, Eat Chocolate Kelp. The rest of it is not yeah. to the tune. So it's not like he hears it and goes, oh, they're singing 12 Days of Christmas for some reason. He just hears they're singing. <laughs> and when he goes, I'm late to this party, I know what to do for this Hanukkah party. Entrance. Push the door open and start singing a Christmas song. How... <laughs> rude do you have to be i'm sorry i'm oh. so mad at alan thick right now you should be you know that he didn't write this but he's just how horrible you ruin everything oh <laughs> it's like you know what giving birth to robin thick wasn't enough bullshit i also need to ruin this hanukkah party <laughs> i was waiting for that to come up yeah it had to come up eventually it had to be Good. in there somewhere any final thoughts Ah. Uh. Well, I have one final thought, which is that when I went to Google and typed in Sherry Lewis C.H., because I remembered that the title, they spelled it C.H., the first suggestion on Google was Sherry Lewis Christmas. And I was like, how dare you, Google? Now, she did make a Christmas special back in the day, way Mm. before Lamb Chops Play Along. I'm talking this was in the 60s or 70s. So okay. it's, you know, Barbara Streisand did a Christmas album. People used to do that kind of thing because, you know, the, yeah. the, the, the people want the Christmas stuff. People don't care about Hanukkah. It, sure. it wasn't until the 90s that they were like, we have to we have to do all holidays. All holidays are equal. Yes. But uh, yeah, so she there is a Sherry's Christmas out there. But like, come on now. Really? It didn't even it didn't even make the top suggestions for Sherry Lewis. Hanukkah didn't even wasn't even in the top Google rankings. Wow. So I got my eye on you, Google. That's all I have to say, I guess. But yeah, this is, I mean, this is so, it's so long and forgettable and so many weird choices in it. Like, there is a reason this is not as well remembered as the Rugrats special. Let's put it that way. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, Rugrats did a better job in a much shorter amount of time. Yeah, yeah, honestly. And I love Sherry Lewis. I hate to say this because oh yeah, there is a deep love in my heart and in my history mm-hmm. for Sherry Lewis and Lamb Chop. Uh, I, my dad met Sherry Lewis one time and got a picture. Oh, really? I own a Polaroid of my dad and Sherry Lewis. And it is. <laughs> of course it's a Polaroid. Yeah. It's like oh, one of. Amazing. Yeah. It's like one of my prized possessions. Like it's. I, I the when I mean when he came home from that business trip and showed us that picture, it was like he had met the coolest celebrity of all time. It was oh yeah, it like blew our minds that he had met Sherry Lewis. She is amazing, and I really do think she was genuinely incredibly talented with the mm-hmm. with the, with the ventriloquism, which is not something that we as a society tend to value skills in. I know it's you I know had gotten into that. So. Yeah, 
I think that it's, I mean, she's amazing. Honestly, I think that the, the wisest choice she made in her career was having a sock puppet and not a ventriloquist dummy. Because <laughs> ventriloquist dummies are creepy. We have decided uh, as a society that they're creepy more importantly. And so you're never going to make any traction with one of those guys. So she went with the cute sock puppet of a, of a lamb whose eyes are closed permanently for some reason and only has giant <laughs> eyelashes. And people were like, yes, this is fine. This is not creepy at all. And she, she made an amazing career out of it. And I, I want to respect that Sherry Lewis was a really amazing performer, even though this special is not, not great. It's not great. How did you feel about it? Like compared to, to Rugrats or any other Hanukkah stuff you've seen? Rugrats is still my favorite of the very few Hanukkah specials I've actually seen in my life. But mm-hmm. this one just felt way longer than it could have. If they would have crammed it in a half hour, just, Gotten rid of Alan Thicke altogether. He didn't need to be there. No. He was no. already in the Halloween one. I guess he wanted to come back. I don't know. But if it was just Pat and Lloyd, it would have been fine. Or two other celebrities who kids would actually recognize. You know. Right. Yeah, good point. <laughs> but yeah, it, it, this if this had been cut down to half an hour or even 45 minutes, because it's definitely a full hour at least. This, mm-hmm. you know, just each of those songs could have been half as long. It would have been yeah, that's true. Too. Much better. They all had multiple verses, especially the Charlie Horse one where he's thinking about a superhero. That oh, jeez, yeah, that one goes. That on. was like a tiny rock opera. Yeah, almost. that one really, really drags. But oh, one other thing that I did not mention that I just want to call okay. out in that very first scene when she's dancing her way through the farmers market or whatever. Uh huh. That coat she is wearing is amazing. Guys, look this up on YouTube and just watch like the first couple of minutes and you will be envious of this amazing coat she has. I feel like she did this whole special just to show people this great coat. Because it's long, bright red, and it like swirls out when she dances around. She's got style. She really does. No, I I was jealous of that coat. Yeah. And then she takes it off when she gets home. Yeah, and you never see it again. Although she she changes for the party into this like nice kind of... Must have, I don't, couldn't tell if it was a blouse and pants of the same material or if it was like a one, like jumpsuit kind of thing, but it was black with this floral pattern. It was actually kind of classy. I was like, all right, Sherry, yeah. go get it. <laughs> so Sherry Lewis has an awesome menorah and great clothes and the rest of the show is pretty garbage. <laughs> <laughs> well, she didn't write it to be fair. It was, it was another writer. I forget who, but. Oh, really? So, I just yeah. assumed that she would have written her own no, material. Someone else wrote it? That's a weird choice. Yeah. I mean, it was probably a staff member of hers or something. Well, yeah, I would assume she would write with somebody. I maybe wouldn't expect her to write everything herself, but you'd think that she would be the head writer or something. No, the only writer directed for this whole thing is Bernard Rothman. All right. Well, Bernard, I got my eye on you, buddy. (laughs) Who wrote for the Lamb Chops Play Along show? Sure. So that's- yeah, I'm sure he wasn't some random guy off the street who's like, let me pitch you a Hanukkah special. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure she was involved in, like, at least the concept or something like that. And maybe he came up with the computer game idea. <laughs> there you go. And isn't it weird that it's called Lamb Chops Special Hanukkah, not Lamb Chops Hanukkah Special? That's weird. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's all I have to say. I guess I've run out of things to say about it. <laughs> well, on that note, Sarah, if people want to send you checks made in print shop, where can they find you on the internet? Oh, well, you can find me uh, on Twitter at the Sarah Shea, Sarah with an H, Shea, S-H-A-Y. Uh, and 
You can also check out my podcast. Gotta mention that. I have a podcast called Pilot House uh, with my friend Strangely Duesberg, and we watch pilot episodes of TV shows um, and talk about them, and we're funny, so you should listen to that. You also put out an album earlier this year. Oh, yeah, I did. I did that, too. Thanks for reminding me. Uh, yeah, I'm also a musician, and I have music on the internet, and yeah, come find me if you thought this was entertaining, I guess, and uh, you can find some more of the stuff I do. Sarah, thank you again so much for coming back. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I was delighted when you messaged me. I was like, yes, this this should be a yearly tradition. You and I, <laughs> friends who have known each other on the internet for like nearly 20 years, but have never met in person. We should now have an annual tradition of recording a podcast together. Perfect. You know, to stay in touch. Oh, yeah, we have to. Yeah, because it's not like we see each other on social media or anything. No. Of course not. (laughs) So for Sarah Shea, from here on the world's fakest address, thank you for visiting the Advent Calendar House, and watch out for that icy patch. The Advent Calendar House is on Twitter at AdventCalHouse, on the web at AdventCalendar.house, and is part of the Christmas Podcast Network. You love Christmas, sure, but sometimes the same old traditions are too... traditional. Sometimes you want to see Santa stuff a kid in his sack. Sometimes you want Christmas dinner to come alive and threaten you with knives and forks. Sometimes you just need Christmas to get a bit weird. Weird Christmas has you covered. Check out podcasts filled with annoying Christmas music, proof that Saint Nick came from magic mushrooms, and talk about Christmas specials so disturbing you won't sleep for days. Now available on iTunes and SoundCloud. Weirdchristmas.com. Oh, oh, holy Mary, that's different. Next time on the Advent Calendar House... Take an all-new magical journey from boyhood to manhood to immortality. At last, the real story, the life and adventures of Santa Claus.